Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, high-performance coach, college professor, and International Coach Federation board member, Dr. Peter A. James. Hey, what you drinking? I've talked with a number of guests and they, they'll ask me, you know, hey, Galen, you, you talk about jazz and jazz is part of your podcast. Are, 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 do you play an instrument? And I explain, yeah, I am a professional jazz listener. Uh, there, there is no one that can listen to jazz better than I can. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you, too, about your invisible board of, of directors. And, and, and this is a concept that comes right out of uh, a book that you and I talk about on a weekly basis. And that's the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And he's got a, uh, a team of uh, imaginary uh, advisors, a board of advisors, and we've turned it into an invisible board of directors. But some of the folks that you've got listed on your invisible board, well-known they appear on a lot of boards. They're pretty busy. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Jesus Christ, Elon Musk, Musk uh, a, a lot of names that we've seen before. Uh, of course, we could spend the rest of the time talking about Kobe Bryant. But there's one name, and we happen to be talking on the day that I just learned that Mr. Clarence Avant passed away. Educate our listeners as to who Clarence Avant was and how someone like a Clarence Avant would appear on your invisible board of directors. Because if you were to meet him just walking up and down the street, you, you probably, he probably would not capture your imagination if you just happen to see him. But his impact, the significance that he's had on so many different things uh, requires that anyone who has spent any time understanding who he is usually puts him on uh, some level of regard, such as their invisible board of directors. Talk a little bit about Clarence Avon. You know, let me let me first start out by saying this, Galen. If um if if you are listening to this and you have no idea who Clarence Avon is, please Google him, look him up, identify who he was and the impact that he had on music, music that you love, right? That you just had no idea. So Clarence Avant, for those of you who have no idea, is just, he's been known as the, the godfather of black music and has Im had impact for decades in the entertainment industry in Hollywood. And what I love about him galen is actually something that i aspire listen i i don't have the need to be popular i don't need to be in lights on billboards on you know on social media as having millions i, I don't need all that I, I really don't i do have a desire to make an impact i do have a desire to to impact people's lives change lives for the better for the positive and clarence avon did that his impact was powerful. Names that he's touched, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, Babyface, uh, L.A. Reid, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, 
I, I could just go on and on with the people who he's behind the people whom you revere to a certain extent. And um, he also has a, there's a Netflix special out there. Uh, Quincy Jones is another name there for sure. Uh, he, there's a Netflix special out there about his life, about his impact that, again, you and I have spoke about uh, before. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, SOS Band. I'm just, they're coming to me as I'm sitting here um, reflecting on his life and um, may he rest in peace. If If I can have an iota of the impact that he had on others' lives, my life is a success. Man, man I, I'll tell you, you, you and I have have talked about him and, and his impact and wanting to try to duplicate his impact in some way. Uh, there is one phrase, there's one line in that documentary. That documentary, is, it's, it's on Netflix, it's called The Black Godfather. And there is one line that Jamie Foxx talks about he said you know that he jamie fox was in some trouble and and he had some issues that he was working through and someone said uh jamie for the kind of problems that you're having for the kind of trouble that you're in there's only one person on the planet that can help you and that is clarence avon and i just from that point on i've really said as my personal vision as a coach I would love to have one or two senior executives uh, talk to a colleague and say, for the strategic issues that you're trying to work through, for the challenges that are in front of you, there's only one person on the planet that can help you think through that, and that is Galen Bingham. That's that's my vision. I want to have that kind of impact. And that doesn't come, to your point, that doesn't come from having millions of social media followers. That comes from creating value an incredibly deep level that executives can't help but tell other executives about it because it's it's so meaningful to what they're trying to accomplish so yeah you know i, I tell my clients all, all all the time that if you have not seen the black godfather the story of clarence avon first of all don't ever tell anyone that you've never seen it <laughs> And then, and then number two, go out and today because it is just, it really is the epitome of, of explaining the kind of impact that one person can have when they're not looking for the glamour, when they're not looking for the glory. And then, and then we got so many other names on here, man, that we hold in common. Daniel Goldman, you know, uh, talk a little bit about Daniel Goldman because Daniel Goldman is a, is a, is a name. He's a guy that those who know, those who study uh, emotional intelligence, they know the name. You know, coaches listening right now, they're going to say, well, of course, D Daniel Goldman, because that's the world that we're in. But many people outside of this neuroscience, emotional intelligence world, they may not have heard of Daniel Goldman. Talk about the significance of his principles and, and some of the work that he's done. Yeah, that's a that's a good name. Another great name on that list there, Galen. Um, the thing about emotional intelligence is this, is that most of us who are listening have heard that phrase before. If you're in the corporate environment, you definitely have heard that phrase before. If you're a corporate leader, you know about that. You know the importance of emotional intelligence, right? But what I love about Daniel Goldman's work and how it's applicable to the corporate space or life in general is that there are aspects of these principles under 
emotional intelligence that can be applied to almost every single area of our lives. Every single area. You and I were talking a little bit about the isms. If you believe in and have understand emotional intelligence, the ism conversation should be a no-brainer. But still, we as a society have problems with the isms, racism, sexism, ageism. We are not fully aware, self-awareness being one of the concepts of how we may be a problem, part of the problem as it relates to ageism or sexism. And I say part of the problem because I'm going to get controversial now, right? By default, us growing, uh, coming up in a an ism society, an ism's culture, we are part of the problem because in some aspect of your success, the ism played a role, but you're sweeping it on the rug or denying and say you're not that, but still benefiting from the ism society. So why be naive? Why not be cognizant? Why not be self-aware to realize that, hey, if I'm benefiting from this system, I'm, I'm part of the system itself. Yeah, it's 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 in your best it's in your best interest to keep that system going if you're benefiting from it. Absolutely. That that's that self-awareness component of emotional intelligence that Daniel Goldman goes about that um that's, that he speaks about writes about that many of us don't want to acknowledge. We don't want to accept. No, it's not me. It's them. It's always somebody else, but it's never me. And me as a black male in the United States of America, I'm part of the racism problem. Ooh, mm. wow. Getting deep now, Galen. Let's go ahead and get canceled, man. Go ahead. Let's let's go ahead. Go ahead and get canceled. <laughs> right? Go, I'm, I'm part of it. I'm, I'm a successful, I live in middle-class America. And I've benefited from the culture of slavery. And I've realized that, yes, I have lineage that have been slaves, but now I've been able to identify how might a racist culture, which still does exist, how have I played a role in that? How might I have used it to my advantage to get ahead, to stay ahead? What are those things that I might have done? So I can't be naive to just keep pointing the finger at everybody else. I got to first look at myself and say, hey, what is my role in this entire process, in this entire system, before I go ahead and challenge someone else? You're bringing to mind uh, the words of Carter G. Woodson in uh, the book, The Miseducation of the Negro, which the book is chock full of amazing information. But the one line that has stayed with me since the 30 years when I first read that book, the, the line is that when I can, if I can control what a man thinks, I don't have to worry about what he's going to do. If I can make a man believe that his rightful place is, enter, is to enter through the back door, if I don't provide a back door for him, he will, create, he will complain and then create a back door for himself. And, and so again, it's just, it's this idea that there are systems that have been created and those systems have physically oppressed a group of people for a variety of reasons. At the same time, it's our responsibility to adapt a, a mindset uh, 
that will allow us to overcome the impact of those of those situations. That doesn't minimize the physical the physical oppression at all. It just says you will remain oppressed if you mentally decide to be oppressed. You have to adapt a mindset that it's going to allow you to overcome that. Uh, a phrase that that I uh, have used to to categorize my sports career in my youth because I, I played basketball and you know I was not a you know. 20 point a game score or 30 point a game score. I was not a lockdown defender, but my phrase was you may score 20 points against me, uh, but you're going to be too tired to brag about it. And I leave scratch marks. So, Hey, look, those nothing's, nothing's coming easy. Nothing. You can work for those points. Uh, And, and, and it's, it's a mindset that has allowed me to, to play basketball against people where my talent would not have my talent would not have justified me being there, but my unwillingness to just roll over allowed me to take a space uh, on the court with the likes of Dennis Rodman and Stacy King and Chu Kennedy and and Wayman Tisdale and and B J Armstrong and a lot of players that that um, uh, kids today probably haven't even heard of. But talk a little bit about this idea of mindset, because I know that's a big part of, 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 of your, your branding and your approach to things around this mindset. How important is mindset? And uh, man, I'll pay you double if, if you can weave in a comment about Kobe Bryant, because he's like the master of, of mindset, and that's something that you and I bond over. But how important is mindset relative to success? Let me let me start out by uh, giving some um, some respect to individuals who talk a lot about mindset or who have spoken a lot about main mindset. Let me go back to someone you mentioned here, Wayne Wayman Tisdale, jazz musician in his own right, as well as a basketball player, Galen. So definitely give him a little bit of the homage there for sure. Uh, may he rest in peace. Correct, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Kobe Bryant, may he also rest in peace. To those of you. Um, who are not a fully aware was um, a basketball player. <laughs> was just a basketball player in the NBA. <laughs> that almost seems harsh to call him a, just a basketball player. <laughs> um, Mr. Mamba himself was all about um, impacting the mind, his mind, but also impacting his opponent's mind before he even stepped on the court. And my whole shiftyourmindset.com philosophy is this and it goes back to what i mentioned earlier before we can shift our actions and behaviors it's important that we shift how we're thinking about those actions and behaviors what was done yesterday may not work tomorrow so what do i need to shift in order to get to my next level accomplish that goal get to my dream i was listening to the uh uh, just recently, the NBA Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. I love that quote by Tony Parker, which he said, you know, listen, if if someone is not laughing at your goals and your dreams, you're not dreaming big enough. Mm. That's even for adults, because in, 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 when we're kids, we dream of being presidents and and doing going to the playing pros. But for something, for some reason, when we get to become adults, something happens, Galen life, bills, kids, mortgages, the boss, it shifts 
our broad goals and our dreams. It, it shifts our belief that we can still accomplish those things. So how can I shift my mindset back to when it was clearer, uninhibited, in order to accomplish those lofty goals that I still have even at 50 years old? And shifting your mindset is just that, realizing that I need to, as Adam Grant puts it, think again, think differently. How do I see the future not the same way I did when I was younger? You and I have spoken about that plenty of times. Our upbringing sometimes are so humble that we, especially financially, maybe we are hoarders, savers, not investors, right? How do I get to that point where I'm thinking differently and then my actions and behaviors shift? That's what it's all about. And it's challenging for many because the examples are not around us to be able to do that. Man, I tell you, and that, that brings to mind some of the conversations that we've had uh, with each other and with our third uh, accountability partner where very often it's it's things that are so deep in our past that we don't even know that it's influencing the decisions of how we show up today. And I, I often talk about, and you you guys have actually helped me think through this, where you know we would get to a certain, I would get to a certain level of success, and then all of a sudden I would be reluctant to take that next step. Right? I, I've already I've already proven that I could take steps two, three, and four. But for some reason, I'm reluctant to take step five, although it's very clear what that step needs to be. And one of the things that that you guys helped me realize is that growing up, there was always this conversation around the table that you want to be successful, but you don't want to be so successful that you become one of those kind of people. And that was something that was said at our dinner table, and I never understood... <laughs> who those kind of people were but the way that i've interpreted that into my into my subconscious is that there is a barrier there's a limit to the amount of success that you want to have and then if you and that and if i break through and go past this this recommended level of success then somehow i'm not going to be part of the group anymore now that doesn't make sense for me to say that as an adult but I heard that as a six-year-old. Yeah. And as a six-year-old, if you hear your parents saying things like that, you just you just tuck that away. You just you take that as gospel. That's that's why we don't like the New York Yankees, right? And if you don't reevaluate what's what's keeping me from taking step number five with the same zest, with the same confidence, with the same swagger that I took steps three, three and four, if we don't take a look at that, we're going to forever run into these glass ceilings and not know why. And then that's when we start blaming other people. And it has nothing to do with other people. It has to do with a limiting belief that we have yet to deal with. So, um, man, I tell you, this, this, feel, this feels like a coaching session, man. Hey, hey one, one of the things I, I want you to lean into because I, I say this often to my clients, and and it comes, it actually comes from you, and and it's that um, coaching is such a powerful process, 
it's such a powerful way to get to where you want to go that very often coaches have coaches. And it's it's always annoying to me that although I coach, I coach at the highest levels, I coach executives all over the world, uh, and then when I come to you for for coaching, you have the audacity to ask me the same questions that I'm asking my clients. So it's like, I, I know the questions, I know the things that I need to do. Why is it so important that I come to someone else to get that breakthrough that I'm looking for? Although I can help other people all around the world, many, some of which don't even speak English as a, as a first language. I can help them find their breakthrough, but to find my own, uh, I've got to reach out to other coaches. What 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 is that? Is that just me? No, no. And and here's what it is. Here's really what it is. Um, and this is um, it goes back to our circle. Napoleon Hill calls it the mastermind effect. Jim Rome says that you're average of your five closest friends. But here's where I'm going with this for sure. We could be leaders. We could be coaches. And we're going along just fine, doing our best, doing our business. But that evolution that I talked about earlier, what does next level look like? You and I will never accomplish next level just doing business as usual, just doing what we're doing right now. We have to be able to challenge each other, question each other, coach each other to our next level, to thinking differently to shifting our mindsets, to trying new approaches, to taking more calculated risks, right? Many people don't risk anything at all because, because we are comfortable in that status quo. We're comfortable being Peter James. In order for Peter James to expand, to stretch, he needs to Continue to evolve, read, learn, educate, be coached, surround himself with the right individual, individuals. When that doesn't happen, what are you really expecting, right? And many, many of us don't do it. You and I both can go back to family and friends that we know and identify, oh, yeah, they're not. They're just doing status quo, right? And that's nothing against them. We just, we, we can see it clearer. I don't want that for me. I want more. And not financially, not necessarily just financially. I need better thinking, being more effective and efficient in my day-to-day activities. Ah, man. Well, first of all, I I think that this is way, way too much value to be giving away for free uh, because uh, we should be charging for this. As, as as, As a matter of fact, this is feeling so much like a coaching session Man, I, I need to bring you into my into the VIP room because uh, I don't know that the VIPs have ever met you because we started the VIP uh, room. Uh, we were building it in season one, but we didn't finish it until season two. So the VIPs have never met Dr. Peter James. So uh, I need to bring you in. Uh, but before I do, what are some final thoughts that you have for our general podcast listeners for those who are too cheap to spend $5 a month to come into the VIP room, <laughs> what are you going to leave them with uh, that might help them get to that next level? 
And then how can people get a hold of you if, like me, uh, they want to get some insights that will help them break through, that will help them shift their mindset uh, to another level? Yeah. Um, how about this, Galen? I'm, I'm going to leave you, you and your listeners with a few quotes, if I, if I could, right? Quote number one is from William Congreve. We, we talked about fear earlier, and he mentioned that fear comes from uncertainty. When we are absolutely certain, whether of our worth or our worthlessness, we are almost impervious to fear. Think about that. The next quote is from controversial author Raymond Chandler. This is about whiskey. He says, there is no bad whiskey. There are only some whiskeys that aren't as good as others. <laughs> and last but not least, and this is one that I really really has become part of my life to a certain extent. And I'm hoping that your listeners can really think about this from their leadership ability, but also from their what their next level, what shifting their mindset needs to also look like. And it's a very simple quote from Gerard Way. He's a musician as well as um, a comic book guy. He says, one day your life will flash before your eyes. Make sure it's worth watching. And that's how I live my life day in and day out because I want my life to be impactful so that one day when I'm dying on my deathbed and I'm looking back on it, I'm able to see it. I want to be like, wow, I've done it. I've been there. I've accomplished this. I've seen this. What might that need to look like for you as you continue to move forward? Galen, Dr. Peter James is my name. And you can find me at any social media platform at Dr. Peter A. James. That's at D-R-P-E-T-E-R-A-J-A-M-E-S or at shiftyourmindset.com or at another one that I want to put a plug in for there, Galen Bingham. It is powermoments.com. I won't go into a lot of detail about that, but please check us out very, very soon. Man, we didn't even talk about power moments, man. <sighs> man, I said I wouldn't give this away for free. You heard me say that. But talk 15, talk 15 seconds, just give us 15 seconds about this, this idea that you and I had, we, we almost had it independently at the same time. And then we came together with the same thing, same idea on the table. Talk just a little bit about power moments and what that is and, and how might um, associations get involved. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just tease it a little bit. If you are an affinity association, uh, black or brown affinity association, you have members and you, you see the value of coaching, executive and leadership coaching, go to powermoments.com and check us out because your leaders, your members desire to get to their next level, but who's in their corner? And are they ready to encounter the powerful moments that are coming undoubtedly in their lives. We'll check you out at powermoments.com. Man, I tell you, if, if, if to your point, Dr. Peter, if, if you're, if you are an affinity organization and we're, we're talking about national black MBA association, we're talking about uh, the Greek fraternities, Greek sororities. I, I, I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity incorporated you are a member of alpha phi alpha fraternity incorporated but any affinity organization and you're wanting to add value to your membership uh, research shows that 26 
uh, to 30% of of senior executives either have or have had executive coaching. Uh, I've coached close to a thousand uh, executives over my career. I've only had five African-Americans. So that means that the organizations that are bringing me in to to coach their executives, their senior executives, they're choosing the executives that they would like to go through that program. And for whatever reason, black and brown executives aren't making the cut as as easily or as frequently. You can approach and get access to this through your affinity organizations. Just have them contact us and we, we promise you we're going to find a way to make it valuable, not only for the executive as a participant, but also for the affinity organization who cares so much about their members that they want to bring them uh, the value of executive coaching. So, uh, oh my gosh, man, dude. We we got to get in to see the VIPs, man. We we got to get in. We got to get in. I got I kept them waiting long enough, man. R- raise your uncle nearest, uh, eighteen fifty six. I'm gonna raise my uncle nearest, eighteen twenty. And man, I I just really appreciate everything that you've done for the community of coaches. Like I said, you're you're not only doing this as an individual. Uh, company owner, but you're doing this as an international board member. So I want to thank you on behalf of the international coaching community. Uh, I also want to thank you on behalf of your clients, because I have experienced your coaching firsthand. And I know that your clients are are uh, incredibly better off uh, because you are filling that space for them uh, in their space and helping them get to uh, where they want to be. And I, I just, again, I, I want to thank you for me personally because I'm confident and, and, and some people might say a bit arrogant in, into thinking that I, I might've had some success on the path that I was on uh, before you and I met. But uh, I, I, I dare say I would not be having the kind of impact that I'm having today Uh, And that is due to that chance meeting that you and I had and the fact that we were both smart enough to say, hey, let's keep this thing going. And um, the whole notion of iron sharpening iron. Dude, you're you're the you're the roughest iron I've ever rubbed up against, man. (laughs) So so likewise, my friend, likewise. All right. Well, raise your glass. Yes, sir. Until the other side of the rope, man. Cheers. Let's go on in, man. All right. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.